0: So, um, I want to go right uh, to the message today. At the City Light Church, we usually go by, uh, you know, we usually go by a, an annual theme, and then we, we try to break it down into monthly themes. So, our theme for this year as a church is, it's a God show. It's a God show. That was the word that God gave us at the beginning of the year. Uh, God gave us from John chapter 20, verse 20, that we're going to see His hands, we're going to see Him. We're going to see him, and we're going to be overjoyed. That's from John chapter 20, you know, verse 20. So it's a God show. It's a God show. So that's our theme for this year. And at the beginning of this year, God told us, you know, God shows take place uh, in, you know, in, in different ways. You know. Um, you know, I remember in the book of Isaiah chapter 6, you know, we're talking about earlier this year. that In the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah saw the Lord. So King Uzziah, who was a great king, died. But it was at that time that Isaiah saw the Lord. Uh, So even though things might be happening in the society, even though death might be reigning, even though the order in the society might be upended, even in the midst of that uh, of the turmoil, we can see God at work. And I'm so amazed at all the things that you know I am seeing. Apart from you know just the you know the bad news, you know, on one side, but I'm talking about the good news of people. Coming to God, people praying, people seeking God, people serving, people loving one another, people just being, uh, being, you know, who Christ has called us to be and the church being the church. So really excited about that. So it's a God show and it's still a God show. God says he will show himself, he will show his hand on our behalf. He also says he will make us a show. So this month we are going with this theme, show down. Showdown, showdown, showdown. And that's uh, from the book of Colossians chapter 2 and verse 15. In Colossians chapter 2 and verse 15, uh, Paul writing to the church in Colossae said, um, speaking about Christ, he said, in this way he disarmed the spiritual rulers and the authority, he shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. A translation says, he made an open show of them by his victory over them on the cross. So there was a showdown between Jesus Christ and the devil and the forces of evil that had held the world captive. That is what we are actually celebrating this weekend, uh, this resurrection weekend. We are celebrating that showdown and the victory of Jesus Christ in that showdown. So this month, we are dedicating this month to talking about Jesus Christ, talking about this showdown and what this showdown entailed, who Christ is, and what is ours as a result of this showdown. You know, whenever people go, whenever, you know, they went to war then and somebody, you know, conquers the other person, they usually take over territories, they take over materials, they call them spoils of war. In this case also, when Jesus Christ went and he fought the battle on the cross and won over the devil on the cross of Calvary, he also got some spoils for us. The Bible uses this word uh, to describe uh, these spoils. It calls them inheritance. Inheritance. He obtained an inheritance for us. So there are some things that Jesus Christ obtained for us on the cross because he defeated the devil on the cross and he resurrected. There are certain things that he obtained for us that are ours. They are ours to enjoy. He wants us to enjoy them. He wants us to enjoy the effects of the showdown. He wants us to enjoy his, uh, you know, what he obtained from the showdown. He was the conqueror. We are more than conqueror. We now have access to everything that he obtained for us on the cross of Calvary. We now have victory in Christ. So we need to know what these things are. You know, it is one thing for you to have something but it's another thing for you to know you have it. And then it's another thing for you to act as if you have it, to actually utilize what you have. You know, sometimes it's possible. I've had instances in my life where, you know, there were some things that I, I, I had that I just forgot that I had them. And I find myself, you know, you know doing without them until, you know, at a particular time I just discover you know what, I, I had this thing. And I did not know. I've had that happen to me sometimes like that. So one thing is to have something, but another thing is for you to know you have it. And another thing is for you to actually use it. So these things that I'm going to be talking about today, they are things that belong to us already. You have it. If you are in Christ, you have it. And if you are not in Christ, you you have access to it by just coming into Christ today and making him your Lord and Savior. It becomes yours instantly. And you can start working in them right here and now. Now. You don't need to do any other thing. You, you can start working in them now, 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 because they are already yours. They have been deposited to your bank account. They've been deposited to your bank account. Can you imagine, listen, if somebody deposited a million dollars in, uh, in a particular bank account for you, and you did not know about it, you did not know about it, you will not benefit from it. But if somebody just tells you, writes you a letter or your lawyer writes you something or somebody just lets you know that there's $1 million that has been deposited in a particular account for you, then when you discover it, you have gone to the next step. Then the next thing you need to do is to go to the, to the, to, you know, to the bank and to withdraw and to start using it. That's how it is with what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross of Calvary. He has deposited them. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, and verse 3, that blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual or every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. He has already blessed us with every spiritual blessings. He has deposited these, thing, these things in, a, in an account for us. In a heavenly account heavenly account simply means in a in a, in, in the spiritual realm in in a, in, the, in the kingdom of God in the higher plane that's different from this physical world so all we need to do is now to know what these things are and then to go and withdraw them and so ta- start walking in them that's what it means to walk in the grace of God somebody defined grace as God's riches as at Christ's expense like an acronym. God's riches at Christ's expense. So we have access to God's riches, but it was at the expense of Christ. And we can enjoy those things right now. So today, I want to remind us of some of these things. I want to remind you of some of these things. And, you know, I, ca- I tied you to this message, the showdown effect. The showdown effect. The arrows, the, the letter arrows of the resurrection. The showdown effect. I want to show you seven arrows of the resurrection. Seven things that came as a result of the resurrection, the showdown effect. So let's get, let's get into it. I told you last week, for those who joined us last week, that we're going to be digging into the, month, uh, the book of Colossians this month. We're going to be digging into it. This is a very rich book, very, very rich book. It's full of so many things, and it's just been amazing meditating on this book. How much more is it in there? I want to encourage you to join us in this study. So let's get, let's get to it uh, right now. So, the first part we're going to look at is the result of Christ's walk on the cross. We're celebrating resurrection right now. We're going to look at the result. What became our home as a result of Christ going to the, to the cross, dying, going to the grave, and resurrecting? What did he obtain for us? And then we're going to look at the second part, which is what do we need to do now to begin to walk in the uh, in the reality of this, and these things are all revealed to us in the book of Colossians, in the in the first chapter of the book of Colossians. So let's let's get at it. So the first hour is, uh, I, you know, I, I I'm going to say it based on what you know what we have right now. So the first one that I'm going to be discussing today is that we were rescued, we were rescued. So our first hour is rescue. We were rescued. So I will show you what the R is that, that you know became ours as a result of Jesus's work on the cross and his resurrection, and then I'll take a few minutes, I'll show you the scripture, where it is, and then I'll take a few minutes to explain it, and then we're going to just go right through it uh, like that. So the first one is, we were rescued. I want you to turn to whoever is watching with you right now. If there's somebody there, tell that person, you were rescued. And then if you don't have anybody with you watching, just tell yourself, I was rescued. If your kids are there with you, Tell them, you were rescued. Everybody just tell one another, you were rescued. You were rescued. Now, you know, the the scripture for that is in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. uh, Let's look at at the NLT version. The NLT version. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 says, For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. I want to read the first part for now. So, he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. So, the first thing, the first hour of the resurrection is that as a result of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we were rescued. What does this mean? That word, rescue, is a very wonderful word. I was meditating on that word and, you know, just reading it and reading it in the original language. The word rescue means to draw, to rush, to rush and draw something to oneself. It means to deliver. It means to to take somebody from, to set somebody free or draw somebody away from danger or destruction. To, 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 To save somebody from danger or destruction. So when the Bible says we were rescued. When he says, we were rescued, what he was saying is that before Jesus Christ died on the cross and resurrected, we were in danger. We were in danger. And the reason why we are in danger, I'm going to show you, because he told us what we were rescued from. He said we were rescued from the power of darkness. We were rescued from the power of darkness, or the kingdom of darkness. We were rescued from the kingdom of darkness. So we were located in a kingdom where there was darkness. That was where the devil ruled us, ruled our families, ruled our lives, ruled our faults, ruled everything. We were being ruled by the devil. We were being controlled by the devil. But then Jesus Christ came into that territory, and then he went into that territory. He conquered the devil that was holding us down, and then he rescued us from his end. You know, I, I, know, I, I, I I, I was thinking about an illustration for this rescue so that everybody can get it. I remember, you know, there's a movie that just came out recently. It's the movie of Harriet Tubman. You know, during the days of slavery, in those days, you know, there was slavery, you know, accepted by law in some part of the country. And then in some part of the country, you know, you know, slavery was not, you know, was not really, you know, enforced. So when somebody can escape from the territory being controlled by those who were practicing slavery and get into another territory, once you cross that line, you know, there's a measure of freedom that you, that you enjoy. I know there were some laws that were made right now, uh, that were made then, you know, to try and even make enslaved people when they were, you know, in the other territory. But then she would go through what they called the under, Underground Railroad, which was a series of houses and, you know, pathways that... You know, she would take the slaves so that they can be free. So what Harriet Tubman was doing was that she was rescuing them, rescuing the slaves from the control Of the masters, the masters, you know, that were, you know, that were, that were evil and they were using them, abusing them, was rescuing them. That's very similar to what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary. He came into the kingdom of, into the kingdom of darkness where we were. He conquered the master and he took us through the railroad and got us back into a territory of freedom. I just want to announce to you, everybody listening to me right now, listen, it does not matter how you feel about this. It doesn't matter what is going on around you right now. What matters is what God says. God says this, I believe it, and that settles it for me. That should be your motto. I want you to believe this, believe this, and we're going to talk about that later when we talk about what we need to do. I want you to declare it with me. Say with me, say, I was rescued. I was rescued. I am no longer under the jurisdiction of darkness. I am no longer under the jurisdiction of darkness. Darkness has no right no privilege, no capacity, no freedom or power to act in my life anymore. See, when you, leave the, when you leave the territory, when you leave the territory of somebody who was controlling, and you move to a new territory, you move to a new territory, that one no longer has authority to act over your life anymore. You know, there's, you know there's, it's just like you know, when somebody leaves one territory, uh, like maybe even if the person is a criminal, leaves the United States and goes into Mexico, now, the United, for the United States to be able to do anything there, they, act, they actually have to use extradition with Mexico to bring that criminal back. Why? Because it's no longer under their jurisdiction. So in, so in the same way, when, we were, when Jesus Christ rescued us it, took us, it took us away from the power and the jurisdiction and the, the power to act for, of the devil. So the devil has no power to act in your life anymore. The only power that he has to act in our lives right now is the one that we give to him. It's the one that we give to him through our words. it's the one that we give to him by our ignorance. But I want to announce to you today, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the devil has no power to act in your life anymore. You have been rescued. Let's go to the second one. Uh, the, second, the, the second hour of the resurrection that I want to talk about today, um, I, I call it, we were relocated. We were relocated. And that's from Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13. In Colossians chapter 1 verse 13, it says, For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. He has transferred us. So not only were you rescued from the kingdom of darkness, from the power to act of the devil, from the authority of the devil, we were relocated. The word transfer means that he relocated us. It took you from that kingdom and it puts you in a kingdom that is, now, that is now full of love. The kingdom of the son of his love. The kingdom of his beloved. We are, you are now a part of the kingdom of love. You are now a part of the kingdom of God. And believe me, friends, where you live, whatever kingdom you are part of has a lot to do with your quality of life has a lot to do with your quality of life. You see people trying to get visas into you know some particular countries. They want to leave their countries. They want to go to some particular countries because they see some of the benefits that some people in that country are uh, they are enjoying. So where you live determines what you enjoy in a lot of ways. So when you were transferred and, and relocated into the kingdom of God, you were relocated into the kingdom of love, the kingdom of light, the kingdom of joy, the kingdom of peace, the kingdom of abundance. Oh, the kingdom of grace. Oh, in this kingdom that you have been relocated into, there is no scarcity there, there's no sickness there, there's no failure there, there's no poverty there. It's a kingdom of relationship with the king, it's a kingdom being ruled by a benevolent king who has no malice who has no malevolence at all. is completely good. You are now being ruled by a good king. Jesus is now Lord over your life. You are now under the kingdom of the greatest being, the most loving being, and there is a lot in this kingdom that we need to explore. This kingdom has provided all that we need for life and godliness. He has provided all that you need for eternity. He has a plan for you. He's a king who has a plan for you. You know, there was a time I, I visited uh, the uh the United Arab Emirates, and you know it was you know I was in Dubai, and I you know I was studying about some of the things that they enjoy in Dubai. You know, the Dubai in Dubai is a kingdom, right? So it's you know it's an emirate. So so they, 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 there are certain things that they provided for their people. People get, got some free things for education, some free things. They, you know their you know their their leader constantly working on what they need to provide for the people and all. that. I was like, wow! If people in a healthy kingdom in the earthly kingdom can enjoy this and you know you can see it in some other kingdoms in the world right in a, there where people get a lot of, of of things you know you look at what is going on right now the united States is not it's not even a, it's not a kingdom you know it's a democracy but we can also learn from that so the the coronavirus comes you see the you know the the, the leaders of the country you know senate everybody the president they're all trying to do something they're sending stimulus checks they are doing all that now if the kingdom does not have power to do that the, the people in there will suffer if the kingdom does not have authority does not have you know strength the people there will suffer but the kingdom of god you can't even compare any of this kingdom to the kingdom of god the kingdom of god is the kingdom that rules over all i'm telling you you don't need anything from any other kingdom all that you need is from the kingdom of god everything you need for life and godliness is yours in the kingdom of god all you just need to do is to know that you have these things and to learn how to appropriate them in your life you have been blessed exceedingly there's nothing that is in your dreams right now in your desires right now that god has put in there that he has not provision made provision for if you put the desires there inside of you, that means he has made provision for it. Today on Resurrection Sunday, I want you to resurrect in your spirit. I want you to rise up with faith in your spirit and say, I believe... I believe that I have this thing. Don't let the devil knock you down any longer. You are no longer in the kingdom of scarcity. You are no longer in the kingdom of sickness. You are no longer in the kingdom of fear. You are now in the kingdom of faith. You are now in the kingdom of righteousness. You are now in the kingdom of joy. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the kingdom. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. You are now in that kingdom. Rejoice because you are in that kingdom. Because you have been transferred there. You now live under a good territory. Hallelujah. Amen! I'm so excited today. I'm so excited today. I feel like just standing up and jumping up, and you know, I'm preaching. Amen, amen, amen. Number three. Well, say this after me: I am now under the jurisdiction of Christ. I've been I've been relocated into the territory of love. I am now under the jurisdiction of Christ. I have been relocated into the territory of love. So that's the second hour of the resurrection. Let's go to the third hour. Uh, revealed in Colossians chapter 1. The third row uh, is we were redeemed. We were redeemed. In Colossians chapter 1 verse 14 it says, He purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. He purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. So the word used for purchase there, that word is, is also the word, it is a, also means to redeem. It means, the word means a full ransom was paid for our freedom. It means your debt has been fully paid. Your debt to God has been paid. Some people live still live right now as if they hold God something. Some, some, somebody will not like this thing, you know. They will think that it's, very, you know, it's something that's not, you know, that not good. they say, okay, I don't hold God anything. Yeah, we hold God our lives. We hold God everything. But I'm talking about in the realm of sin, you know, some people still live in condemnation. Like they have to pay some debt. Oh, you know, the karma is going to catch you because you've got to pay some debt. Oh, this is going to happen to you because you've got to pay some debt. Well, on Resurrection Sunday, I'm here to announce the good news to you. That the death of Jesus Christ on the cross and his suffering... Uh, you know, in, in suffering on the cross, paid the debt in full. Your debt for every sin, now, coming, past, future, has been completely paid. You don't owe anything any longer. They've wiped out your debt. Some of you, I mean, maybe you have experienced the wiping up of your physical debt before, the freedom that you enjoy. Somebody says, oh, you hold that student loan, and that person goes ahead and paid it. Or the government just says, oh, everybody who owed this, it's been canceled. You know, I remember, I think I'm reading, I was reading something about the United States, right? And they're saying, okay, there's no interest on student loan for the next six months. You know, and probably something is still going to happen concerning that, you know, to get some people free from debt. But uh, you know, there's a freedom that you enjoy. You didn't do anything. It's not like you paid it. You couldn't even pay it. It was so much that it would have taken you so much to pay. And even some people may not be able to pay it in their lifetime. But then somebody just, whips, just writes something and says, the debt is canceled. That's what happened. There's no way you can pay your debts to God. There's no way we can pay our debts to God. You can never pay. You can be all good, good, you know, dandy, do everything, love people, do whatever. No, no, no. That's supposed to happen as a result of being free, of our debt being paid. We love because he first loved us. Jesus said when that woman came to him and that woman poured down her poured, poured, alabaster poured, 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 I mean, broke the alabaster box and poured the perfume on him. Jesus And somebody was complaining and said, this money could have been used to help the poor. Jesus said something. He said, I entered into your house. You didn't do anything to me. You didn't kiss me. You didn't wash my leg. But this woman came and she's doing that. Do you know the reason why she's doing that? It's because she had been forgiven much. Because she had been forgiven much, therefore she loves much. So forgiveness starts, comes before love. You receive love before you love. Some people want to love so that God can love them. No, the way God does it is that he, first of all, loves you you are so full of his love then you love him back we love because he first loves us and the more debt has been forgiven the more you love and Jesus gave that parable there you know about you know somebody that was forgiving of little debt and somebody that was forgiving of much you know which one is going to love more And everybody say, yeah, the one that was forgiving of much is going to love the master more. That's what Jesus was saying there. I don't know what your past has been. I don't know how terrible it has been. I don't know what has happened to you in life. You feel it's so big. You feel your life is so different from other people. You feel you have messed up. You have cursed God. You have, you know, you have done all matters of evil. Oh, you say if you hear, you know, like someone told me one time, he said, if you know what I have done, you you won't even be around me. But I'm here to tell you, I don't care what you have done. What I care about is what Christ have done if any man is in Christ is a new creature all things are passed away all things have become new it doesn't matter what you have done the bigger it is that you have done the more you have the capacity to love God because he has cleared your debt he has cleared your debt i want you to declare with me you know to, to declare with me right now that Christ that Christ has has taken away my Christ has taken away my debt christ has paid all my debt Christ has redeemed me. My sins, my sins have been completely pardoned. Hallelujah. Wait, we're going to go to that one in a moment. You know, Christ has, has, has cleared away all my debts. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So let's go to number four. Number four, the, 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 the showdown effects. The house of the resurrection. The next thing is our sins were remitted. Our sins were remitted. Our sins were remitted. So the next R there in Colossians 1 is remission. And I'll tell you what remission is. You know, many people know that when they say there was cancer, and then they say the cancer has gone into remission. You know what it means? It means that the cancer just went out. It's like it just diminished and and just went. The word remitted means blotted out. It was wiped out. It was blotted out. And look at it. Colossians 1.14. He said, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins? He purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. The word used for forgive there or forgive is the word is a word in the Greek called aphesis. That word, that word means complete pardon. It means a complete letting go. It means complete forgiveness. Wiping off the record. Wiping off the record. Christ has wiped off your sins, everything of the record. Your record has been expunged. Your record has been expunged. He has dealt with past sins, current sins, and future sins. That's part of what we obtained on the cross of Calvary for us. That's part of what we are celebrating in the resurrection. Your sins have been remitted. He said, I, even I, am he that blotted out your transgression. That's in Isaiah, Isaiah 43. He said, and I will not remember your sins. I will not remember your sins. Not because, not because you never sinned, not because your sins were not real, but because I chose to blot them out. I chose not to remember your sin. I chose to forget your sin. He said he has cast our sins into into, into you know away from himself as far as he is from the west. He has removed our sins from us. He has cast them into the ocean of forgiveness and the ocean of forgetfulness. I want you to know that when you go to God right now, God is not thinking of you as a sinner if you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. God is not thinking of you in in terms of your sin. He's thinking of you in Terms of Christ's pardon, of Christ's sacrifice on the cross of Calvary. And right now, you have been pardoned. Come on, say after me, say, My sins have been completely pardoned. My sins have been wiped out. I am released from them. I am let go. I I have complete forgiveness of all sins, past, present, and future. I have complete and total forgiveness. You can rejoice now. You can celebrate because the resurrection of Jesus Christ has produced that effect in your life. Hallelujah. The next one, the next R, number, uh, number five, is we can receive now. We can receive. You see, when people begin to hear this thing, uh, that in like some of these things that we're declaring from Colossians chapter 1, uh, this showdown effect, some people something will tell them, a, a, a voice in their mind. And sometimes people, people misinterpret that that voice in their mind is themselves. In example, you are the one hearing the voice. It's not you. It's not you. It's you are the one hearing that voice. That voice is your mind. It's your mind that, has, that is unrenewed, telling you. And one of the things it will tell you is that, well, these things are good. These things are great. And the pastor is preaching it. Here it's Sunday. It's Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday. It's amazing and all that. But you know what? Other people can have it, but you are not qualified. You are not qualified. You know it now. I know what you did last summer. I know what, what has happened in your life. You are not qualified for it. Other people might be qualified for it. Pastors might be qualified for it. Those who are good and righteous, who are doing all this great stuff, you know, they might be qualified for it. But you, you are not qualified for it. I know what you do on a consistent basis. Listen, I want you to know this, the good thing about what I'm about to share with you is that it tells you that you are not even the one that qualifies yourself to receive the blessing. You can never qualify yourself. You can never qualify yourself. Your disqualification is your qualification. You can't qualify yourself. Look at what it says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. It said, he has enabled us, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. Who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He, he, he did the work. He did everything, made it available for, to us. And then he knew that some people might feel that, you know what, I'm, a, I'm not qualified for this. So he went ahead and qualified you he became your qualification he became your standing before the father he has qualified you he enabled you he enabled you the word the word that word used for qualified in the original language means to make sufficient to enable to qualify to make sufficient to render somebody fit to render somebody fit to render somebody fit he rendered you fit it rendered you fit. You don't have to render yourself fit anymore. You don't have to do anything to qualify for these things. They are yours. 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 You are now qualified You. I'm talking about you, you are qualified for the blessed. You are qualified for the resurrection, uh, for the resurrection results. You are qualified for the showdown effects. These things are yours. These things can work in your life. You have been made fit for them. Don't try to make yourself fit any longer. You are already fit for them. He made you fit by becoming your representative before the Father. So declare with me right now. Say, I have been made fit. I am qualified. I am sufficient to enjoy my portion of what is bestowed on me and assigned to the saints. I am qualified. Amen. Hallelujah. And then the sixth hour is... You, we were reconciled. We were reconciled. Remember, I have talked about, about uh, five hours so far. The first one is we were rescued. The second one is we were relocated. The third one is we were redeemed. The fourth one is our sins were remitted. And then the, the fifth one is we can now receive. We've been qualified to receive. And then the next one is, we were reconciled. We were reconciled. Let's read that. Colossians 1 from 19 to 20. It says, for God, for it pleased God the Father. Uh, Let's go back. Let's go back to uh, the NLT. It said, for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace. That's another sermon. Reconciling of everything to himself. But we're talking about you now. He made peace with everything. In heaven and on earth. By means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you. Uh, go, Go to the next one. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies. Separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now. He has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. We're going to talk about the latter part here. Yes, but the first part of this is saying God reconciled us to himself by the cross. We are reconciled. The word reconciled in the original language means to change from one state of feeling to another to change from one state of feeling to another so meaning you know we had a we had a kind of a feeling you know towards god you know we were afraid of him we were some people were angry with him some people didn't like him god had you know certain you know feeling towards our sins so what our sin the reconciliation you know and the feeling of god towards our sin before christ came was anger he was angry about it and all that. But when Jesus Christ went to the cross, he became the propitiation, the appeasement of God's anger for our sins. So God's feeling towards us changed. And our feelings towards God has now changed. So, right now, there's no more war <laughs> between you and God. God is feeling good about you. God is excited about you. I'm telling you, God is excited about you. It's time for you to get excited about this because God is excited about you. God believes in you. God loves you. God is crazy about you. God is in love with you. God has nothing against you. God, there's no war between you and God anymore. You have now been reconciled to God. You are now friends. You are now friends. The enmity, the fighting, the separation that came as a result of Adam's sin and of our own sin, that separation has been removed right now. The gap has been breached now God is my friend I am a friend of God I am a friend of God I am a friend of God he calls me friend we are now God's friend now I can fellowship with him. Now I can stay in his presence. Now I can receive revelation from his word. Now I can talk to him. Now I can receive ideas from him. Now I can win through him. Now I can be victorious through him. Now I can rule through him. Now I can fellowship with him. I can talk to him like my friend. I can walk with him like my father. I can reign life through him because I received abundance of grace. I've been reconciled to God. God and I are now friends. God and I are now on the same together. If God be for who can be against me? God is on my side. God is behind me. God is for me. God is working in me. God is working for you. You are being reconciled. Come on, say this. Say this to me. Say, I feel different. Say it with me. I feel different about God. The war is over between us. It, I was hostile in mind to Him, but no longer. I am now excited about God. God is now my friend. He's now working on my behalf. Hallelujah. The seventh one and the final one today is we were made righteous. The seventh hour. We were made righteous. This is one of the most exciting words in the Bible. But let's look at the scripture, where we find it in Colossians chapter 1. It says, as a result, he has brought you, that's Colossians 1 and verse 22. It says, as a result, he has brought you into his own presence. And you are holy, and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. This is almost unbelievable to the unrenewed mind. I know. I look at myself, I see flaws. I look at myself, I see mistakes. I look at myself, I say, I'm not, I, I'm not righteous. I don't feel righteous. Sometimes I don't do righteous. But it tells me, <laughs> I am righteous. It tells me that... You know, that God looks at me and, is, and I am blameless. You know, this thing used to bother me, you know, sometime When I first started learning about who Christ was, it used to bother me. Until I went to study. I just started studying. How, how can you call me faultless when I have all this fault? <laughs> how can you say? And then when I, until when I understood that word before that is there. That word before there, you know, where he says that, you are now holy and blameless as you stand before him. The word before there in the original language means before the face of. So, before other people, I have faults. But, when it comes to God's face, when I, when it's, when the way God looks at me, he doesn't see any fault. Why? Because right now, he does not see me as myself alone. He sees me in Christ. Because he sees me in Christ. That is why now I am faultless. Because Christ, the Bible says, in him was life. I said there's no, he said God is light, sorry, God is light in 1 John chapter chapter 1. He said God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And if I am in him, that means there's no darkness in my life. There's no darkness. There's no darkness in Christ. And I'm in Christ. So that is why God looks at me and he sees me in Christ. Friend, Listen to me, wherever you are, let me tell you something that you should never forget. You You look a lot better in Christ than you look outside of Christ. You are more beautiful. You are flawless. You are without fault before God. When God looks at you right now, he sees Christ. It sees Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's not looking at your physical body. It's not looking at your mistakes. It's looking at Christ. You are wall-to-wall Christ. You are full of Him. He's around you. He's within you. And that's what God sees. You are now in Christ. You better start seeing it or you are going to... God is going to enjoy you, but you are not going to enjoy yourself. Except you start to see it. God will enjoy the way you look, but you are not going to enjoy your beauty. Do you get what I'm saying? You need to believe it. And that's going to lead us to the last part of my message today. So we're made righteous. To be righteous means to be to, to, to stand before God, blameless, unimpeachable, unreproachable, irreproachable, unblemished, faultless, and flawless. God, God qualified us. God qualified us and made us righteous. We're now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Someone said, I don't feel righteous. He didn't say he made us feel righteous. He said he made us righteous. Righteousness is a state. Just like being a guy is a state. Just like being a, a woman is a state. It's a state. Just like being in the United States is a state. You know, you might be in the United States and not feel like you're in the United States. You know, but it doesn't matter. You are still in the United States. So, so being a righteous is a state. You are righteous. Now begin to believe that and you start seeing the effect of that righteousness in your life. Let me round up this message by talking about the second part of my message, which is, how should we respond? How should we respond to this result that Jesus Christ obtained as a result of his showdown with the devil on the cross? And I'm going to just run through it very fast. The first thing is Paul showed us in Colossians chapter 1. The first thing we've got to do regarding this 7 hours that I've shared is re, the first one is request for recognition. What do I mean by request for recognition? Request is a prayer. Now, these things are yours. These things are yours. What we need what we need is to recognize that they are there, and that's why Paul began to pray for the Colossian church. Look at the prayer I prayed for them in Colossians chapter one, verse nine. He said, "So we have not stopped praying for you, since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of His will, to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding." The word "knowledge" there, the word the, that word is you know epignosis that was used in that place. It means complete recognition, full recognition. Full recognition. Do you know that it's possible for you to have something and not recognize it, right? You have something, you don't recognize it. So Paul is saying, this is not the issue of you not having. These things are already yours. What you need is to recognize. So this is what I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for God to give you the ability to have full recognition. And that full recognition is what is called spiritual wisdom. Spiritual there means supernatural wisdom beyond yourself. It's a revelation that just dawns on you by the Holy Spirit. It just goes into your heart, and then you understand it clearly. You understand it clearly. Your mind just gets put together. It gives you wisdom, intelligence, and skill to begin to work in the realities of these hours that I've talked about. So I want you to pray this week. I pray today. That's what you got to do. Pray for full recognition. Don't pray to have those things. Don't pray to be rescued. Don't pray to be relocated. Don't pray to be, to be righteous. Don't pray you know, to have any of those things. Pray to recognize that you have those things and to know how to walk in them wisely. Pray for spiritual wisdom this month on how to walk in them. So request for recognition. Number two, receive re-energization. So there are still some things that God is doing in our lives now. You know, some people will say, God finished all his work, so he's not doing anything any longer. Now, there's, there's, a, tr- there's, a, there's a truth to that, but there's also an extreme. You have to be in the middle. So God finished the work. He completed the work of redemption on the cross. But then... God didn't just leave us and say, now you are on your own. The Bible says Jesus Christ is still seated at the right hand of God interceding for us. He still says he's still there as the Lord and the director of the church. And he has the Holy Spirit that he has sent. We're still working within us to make sure that those things are real in our lives. So I want to just talk about the Holy Spirit here. Listen, friends, part of what happened when Jesus Christ resurrected is that he qualified us to receive the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, that if the Spirit of him, who raised up Christ, Romans eight eleven. if the spirit of him who raised up Christ from the dead dwells in you, that same spirit will also quicken your mortal body. We also give life to your mortal body through his spirit that dwells in you. So part of what the resurrection of Christ obtained for us is the Holy Spirit, the, the ability to have the Holy Spirit inside of us. And one of the things that you need to do, that you need to begin to enjoy so, in such a way that you can walk in this hour, is you need to receive re-energization, re-energ, re-energization constantly. You know what? Be re-energized constantly by the Holy Spirit. So receive recognition and then be re-energized constantly. For right now, I feel re-energized, you know, as I'm speaking. Why? Because, you know, I took some time to pray. I took some time to worship. When CD praise was, you know, was singing. You know, I was worshiping. And then I just felt some energy come to my spirit from the Holy Spirit. That's part of what God is still doing in our life. Receive re-energization. And this is what Paul was saying. Look at that. Colossians chapter 1, verse 11. He said, we also pray that you will be strengthened with all glorious power... So that you will have all endurance and patience that you need. May you be filled with joy. So he said, I'm now praying for you for strength. friend, with all glorious power. That's the power of the Holy Ghost. The word used there for power is dunamis, dunamis, dunamis. the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. Then it will allow you to be able to stay true. Even though you are confessing and declaring that you have these things. And sometimes it doesn't look as, as if they are real in your life. But as you stay there... Energized by the Holy Spirit, you just stand there declaring, "This is mine. This is mine. This is mine." I have the showdown effect in my life. I have the I have this house in my life. The Holy Spirit allows you to stay in there and energizes you to stay in there until these things become a reality in your life. It enables you. And then number three, number three, what should we do as a result? Number three, recite your recognition. Recite your recognition. So, the first thing is that pray for recognition, request for recognition. Ask God to show you more, to know these things more. Number two, ask God to energize you by the Holy Spirit. Then the top thing there is, is what? Recite your recognition. What do I mean by recite your recognition? When you find out these things that I'm sharing with you, the best way to appropriate it is to start thanking God for them. To start to reciting them. Even though you might not feel, feel it, just start thanking God. So let me, let me tell you how to recite your recognition right now. Look at it. It says in Colossians chapter 1 verse 12. Look at it. Colossians 1 verse 12. He said, always thanking the Father. Always thanking the Father. Always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belong to his people who live in the light. So, he's telling us that what we need to do is to begin to thank God. Your thank, your thankfulness, your gratitude is what is reciting your recognition. Let me tell you how to do it. You do it you say, Lord, I thank you and talking about the seven arrows. Lord, I thank you because I've been rescued. Thank you so much because I've, I've been rescued from the authority and the control and the effect of darkness in my life. Oh, sin, sickness, and all the works of the devil. they don't have no authority over me any longer. Lord, I just want to give you praise. Lord, I thank you because I've been relocated. I now live in the kingdom of God. I live in the presence of God. I live in the domain of God. I live under the authority and the power of God. Oh, Lord, I thank you because I've been redeemed. The price has been paid. I've been purchased. Oh, my sins, the debt, my debt, have been completely paid, and I'm now free. Lord, I thank you, because my sins have been remitted. Oh, there's nothing against me any longer. My sins have been remitted. By God, I am now free. I'm forgiven. I'm pardoned. Hallelujah. Lord, I give you praise. But I give you praise because I can now receive. I'm qualified to receive. I am able to receive. I know it. I'm grateful. Thank you for qualifying me. I don't need to qualify myself. Oh, the 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 temple, the the, the the tent of the temple, the veil was, was torn from top to bottom, not from bottom down. My salvation is from top down, it's from heaven, it's not man-made, it's not from the bottom up, it's from you. I thank you, Father, for what you have done for me. I thank you, Jesus, for what you have done for me. Now I can receive. Oh, I've been reconciled. My feelings towards God has changed. God's feeling towards me has changed. There's no more war between God and I anymore. We are now united. We are now in the same boat. We are now in the same direction. We are now with the same purpose. We are now with the same desire. God is now my friend. Lord, I'm thankful for making me your friend. Oh, I'm now righteous. Lord, I thank you because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Not, not by works of righteousness that I have done, but by your grace alone. I am now your righteousness. I've been raised up and I'm now righteous. I can stand before you without any sense of guilt or inferiority. Because you have made me flawless before your face. Oh God, I give you praise today. So you say it. You say it. You recite it. You give thanks to God for it. And finally, number four. The last thing about how to appropriate this, refuse to be removed. Refuse to be removed. When you start to declare these things, the enemy will come. Your old thoughts will come. Your old beliefs will come. And they will begin to challenge what you are saying. They want to get you tired. Some people will start now, and then the next day, they're they're excited, and then the day after, they've lost all their excitement. Paul said it this way in Colossians 1.23. He said, but you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world. And I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. I'm here to tell you too that I've been appointed as God's servant to proclaim this to you today. And I'm telling you, no matter how you feel after today, Don't move away from this truth. These things belong to you. Stand there. Refuse to be removed from what is yours. Have confidence. Be seated in it. Stand steadfast in it. Be grounded in it. Be founded in it. Just continue in it. And you will see your entire life will begin to reflect the showdown effect, the result of the resurrection. You start seeing all these hours working in your life if you refuse to be This is my message for you today. And I hope somebody who is hearing me has been blessed. I hope you have been lifted up. This is what the resurrection is about. Jesus did not die for himself. He died for us. Jesus resurrected on our behalf so that we can also be raised up with him and be resurrected with him. And this is what, part of what he gave to us. You are now qualified for this. It is yours. So I want you to receive it. I want you to rejoice in it, for it is yours. But adventure, you're watching me right now from anywhere, and you, you are hearing these wonderful things that Christ has done, But you are feeling like, well, but I don't have a relationship with Christ. Well, it's very easy. It's part of what God has made available. Christ, God has reconciled the world to himself. He has reconciled all, all, all things to himself. All they just need to do, all the world needs to do, is to accept that, world, to recognize that, that acceptance, and to accept it to accept that acceptance. So, you now, maybe God is giving by His Spirit. is helping you to recognize it right now. Now it's time for you to accept it. All you just need to do is say, Jesus Christ, and you can pray that prayer right now. Jesus Christ, come into my heart. I receive you. I receive what you have done. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose again on the third day. I believe that you did it for me, and then you are seated in heavenly places for me. I accept you as my Lord. I renounce Satan as my Lord. I come into the territory of your kingdom. I become your own. You are Lord over my life. Listen, if you pray that prayer, if you say that thing, you have been redeemed. You are now in Christ's kingdom. And these things belong to you. And you can start enjoying the inheritance of the saints in life. I'm so excited that you have done that. Thanks for listening to the Glow Podcast. We trust see we're blessed and inspired. For more contents from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Keep glowing. See you next time.